seated. Ushers, if you would take the offering now, rejoice and worship through giving. So the ushers will come around with the offering baskets. Again, you don't have to touch those, but uh, they will be passed. There's also the boxes as you exit today if you want to give a paper offering, and then there's multiple ways to give electronically. Children ages three years through fifth grade that wish to go to Children's Church, you're dismissed out that door. We're dismissing you a little earlier today for various reasons. Kathy's prepared for that. So any children that want to go to Children's Church, just uh, go out that door. Turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Joel. J-O-E-L. It's one of the minor prophets toward the end of the Old Testament. Hope many of you were able to watch the devotional I did this week from the book of Joel to prepare us. This will be a brief summary of that book and helping us understand the biblical basis for what we're doing in this service today. Many of you may have never participated in a solemn assembly. Father, we pray you would anoint your word and our response to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved, our world and our country is in great need right now. We have a worldwide pandemic, division on multiple issues, many struggling emotionally, financially, relationally, spiritually. Immorality is rampant, God's word is ignored, and lukewarmness is existing in many churches. The book of Joel was written to, a, to warn Israel that their sins were finally coming to roost. There was a beginning of judgment coming on the nation of Israel through a locust plague. Could COVID be that? Could the fires out west be that? Could the increase in hurricanes be that? I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but these could be rumblings from the Almighty of His coming judgment. In chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Has anything like this ever happened in your days? How many of us can relate to that? Many would say, I've never seen anything like what I'm seeing right now. Even people in their 80s and 90s saying, I've, I've never seen anything like this in America or worldwide, not just COVID, but all the other issues. Has anything like this ever happened in your days? Then it goes to describe the hard, hardships they were facing, locust plague, rough times economically, early stages of God's judgment. Picture a wave in the ocean beginning to increase in magnitude. It has not hit shore yet, or there are rumblings on the shore, but there are stirrings. The locust plague for Israel was just that. So how should we respond? In chapter 1, verse 14, and chapter 2, verse 15, we have the biblical basis for what we're doing today. In chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred or solemn assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land, where? To the house of the Lord your God. We have summoned you today. You are here today in the house of the Lord. Now we know that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, New Covenant. But there is something special about the gathering place that we are in today. And we have come here to call upon the Lord, to do exactly what it says here. Cry out to the Lord. Beloved, we need revival. Beloved, we need repentance. 
Beloved, we need the presence of God in our lives and in our country as never before. God, rend the heavens and come down. This is a service of humility, confession, repentance, prayer, and crying out to God for our own sins and the sins of our nation. In the book of Nehemiah, in the book of Daniel, there's this principle called corporate confession. Very important you understand this. Corporate confession means you confess sins that you may not have personally participated in, but it's true of your family or of your nation, and you confess we. Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah says, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself, so in this case, there were some that he was, he was personally participating in, perhaps. But he's going broader than just his individual sin of confession. Including myself and my father's house have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you have given your servant Moses. We see the same thing in the book of Daniel where he says, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, and on and on. We have rebelled. We have violated your word, God. So we're doing that today. We will be confessing the sin of idolatry. The number one command is to put no other gods before him. We have put other gods, we have put other things before the Lord God. That is the sin of idolatry. We're going to confess the sin of the mistreatment of certain ethnicities in this country. The sin of the secularization of society. God, we don't want you to be a part of public life. Just keep Christianity, keep your religion, keep your Bible in, in your private quarters, but not beyond that. That's the sin of secularization. The sin of abortion. 63 million babies have been killed since Roe v. Wade. The sin of lukewarmness in the church. That is a solemn assembly. One thing that they would do is to blow the trumpet or blow the shofar as a wake-up call for God's people to repent. In chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. And then it says, Call a solemn assembly. The shofar was the sound of the presence of God. It was used to cry out to God when they needed His intervention. So in that spirit, we are sounding the alarm. We are blowing the shofar, inviting the presence of God. We're saying, God, we need your help. After that, the scriptures say, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. You know, Ecclesiastes says there's a time to rejoice and a time to weep. Rend your hearts and not your garments. So he wasn't saying just do some religious ritual of tearing your garments, that's a sign of repentance. If it's merely external, it's not enough. It must be your heart your life. We must all evaluate our lives today and ask ourselves, what have I put before God? 
Return to the Lord your God. So it's time to get serious about our relationship with God and anything we have put before him, we confess that, we repent of that. Repent, beloved, is a beautiful word. We were praying backstage before the service and Rich Saplita had a great line. He says, God, thank you that repentance is such a good word. It's gotten a bad rap. (laughs) Because in Acts it says repent that times of refreshment might come from the Lord. So repent just means you're headed this way, you're living for self, you're sinning, but you turn and you turn toward God. So you don't just repent away from sin, you repent away from sin to turn toward God for forgiveness and the Holy Spirit and refreshing. That's what Acts says, that times of refreshing may come from the hand of the Lord. And so here it says, return to the Lord, that's repent, for because he's a gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And then God repents. See, calamity was coming, judgment was coming, and then it says, and then God relents or repents. So I did a whole devotional this week on, does God repent? Yes, if we repent. See, if we don't repent, his judgment is heading toward us. But when we repent, it averts his judgment, and then we receive his mercy. And James says, mercy triumphs over judgment if we repent. So here it says, God relents from sending calamity. And then I love this, who knows? (laughs) Who knows? He may actually turn, that's repent, and have pity and leave behind a blessing. So instead of getting judgment, you get a blessing. You get forgiveness. You get his love. You get his mercy. And this is so similar to that famous passage of revival found in 2 Chronicles 7. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land, they were literally having locusts in Joel. COVID might be our locust today. I don't know. Or send pestilence among my people. So that's the context. Then verse 14. If my people... Notice it's the church. Okay? It's, it's not if all those dirty, rotten pagans out there who don't see it the way I do and vote like I do. No, it's not saying that. It's saying my people, those here today, those watching online who are called by my name, if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. What will he do? He'll repent from judging and he'll bring what? Forgiveness. See, God repents. Forgive their sin. And then he goes beyond that. So he'll, he'll, he'll forgive your individual sin. We can be made right with God. In addition to that, he'll heal the land. The destiny of America lies in the hands of believers. The destiny and future of America is not who gets elected on Tuesday. Because the last I checked, whoever ends up in the White House, the same one is still in the God House, and he won't leave his throne one inch regardless of Tuesday night. He's reigning, he's ruling, he's sovereign. The destiny of America lies in the hands of God's people. Then after we've confessed and repented, what do we need? We need His Holy Spirit to cleanse us and empower us and enable us to live abiding lives. And so how appropriate that in Joel 2, 28, look in your Bibles, the prophecy that was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost is right here in this book. And what does it say? I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. This is the Holy Spirit that we have if you've received Christ. 
This was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, and it can be fulfilled in our lives each and every day as we cry out for a fresh impartation of God's Holy Spirit. One of my devotions this week was all about the Holy Spirit. And how interesting that today is Reformation Sunday. In the church calendar, it's the day that churches all over the world remember that great revival that occurred when Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the door of Wittenberg, Germany, in 1516 that sparked the great Protestant Reformation which was about the badly needed revival and reformation that the church needed at that time, and it needs it today. We need a Protestant reformation today, and may today begin that. And then Joel concludes this book with chapter 3, verse 16. You ever done a study of the 316s? <laughs> it's an interesting study. There's John 316, and then there's a lot of other books that 316 says something interesting, and look what it says here. The Lord will roar. From Zion. The Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. So here we see the lion. Jesus is a lion. He's strong, he's mighty, he defeats his enemies, he comes with a roar. And then the very last verse in Joel, he's the lamb. Because it says, Their their blood guilt, which I have not pardoned, I'll now pardon. And how are we pardoned? By the blood of the lamb. When John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, The lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. So right here, end of Joel, we see Jesus is lion and Jesus is lamb. We need both, church. We need him as the lion to roar. And we need him as the lamb to forgive us of all of our sin. Will you turn to God today? Will you repent of your sin? Will you receive forgiveness in Jesus? Will you stand in the gap for our nation? What is God convicting you of? What in your life is not right with him? Are you burdened for our nation? Are you willing to intercede? What in your life needs to be surrendered to God? Again, chapter 2, verse 15. Return to me with all your heart. Return to me with all your heart. God, we pray a spirit of conviction and repentance that might lead to refreshment. Have your will and way. Watch this video as you prepare for a time of confession.
your heads. We'll go into a time of corporate confession now. Heavenly Father, today we as one body, one nation, come to you and confess that we have allowed things in our life to take the place that solely belong to you. We confess that we have allowed the love of self more than you, Lord, to take root and guide us in decisions that benefit us and not your kingdom. You said that whoever loses their life for your sake will find it, but we like to hold on to our plans, our vision, our desires, without thinking or asking how that affects your kingdom. For that we repent. We as a nation and individuals repent for our love of things which you have given us for our enjoyment, but we have turned them into idols such as materialism, sports, entertainment, pleasure. We repent this day, Lord. Please forgive us. Lord, purify our hearts and help us focus on the eternal, on that which is everlasting and glorifies you and you alone. And also, Lord, help us to love one another as you've loved us. Lord Jesus, and to love you with all our heart. Amen. Lord God, thank you for welcoming us with open arms into your kingdom. Jesus Christ, our Lord. You look beyond our externals and you saw our heart. But we have often looked at people's externals and failed to love them from the heart. God, as a nation, we have sinned against you in the way we've treated many people who are different from us. God, we've sinned against you and how we as a nation treated the Native Americans. Especially when we unjustly drove them from their land and their dwelling places. God, we ask for forgiveness, gracious God. Ask you to heal our land. We as a nation have sinned against you in bringing people from Africa and other countries and making them slaves. God, we confess the sin of slavery. We ask your mercy and grace. God, we confess the sins of lynchings, Jim Crow laws, and other acts of injustice toward African Americans. God, forgive us and heal our land. 
Lord, we confess that we in America have often considered ourselves better than people of other nations. And we repent of that pride. You've created all people equal in your sight. People of every tribe and nation and tongue and people are going to be part of your eternal bride in heaven. So help us see people and love people the way you do. the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Psalms 28, verses 8 and 9. Abba Father, we reclaim this promise for our nation. You, Father God, established our great nation and made her honorable, strong and prosperous, but she has forsaken you. We repent and ask your forgiveness and mercy because we have fallen silent to the precepts of your heart and your word. As a result of our silence, we have permitted our government to remove prayer and your precious word from our primary and secondary schools and universities. Tragically, no longer is your word allowed to be recognized or read to our most precious commodity, our children your future generations. Our reticent and feeble faith opened the door for the Ten Commandments and other Christian platforms to be ripped from our schools and governmental establishments across our great nation. Forgive us, Lord. Mighty God, we need you in this fierce battle to restore our great nation back unto you. You are our rock and the one who turns defeat into victory. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our petitions. We turn our hearts back to you. Restore our great nation unto yourself. intercede for all people so that we may live a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and holiness because it pleases you. So it is with this understanding we lift up America, a nation under God, but divided on, issue, on the issue of abortion, which is the sin of murder. Father, we seek you today and ask as the body of Christ united for forgiveness for the sin of prayerlessness and not taking the stand on the issues as we should have. Forgive us for compromising on and not speaking out against abortion, not being a voice in the earth for the unborn and fighting for the lives, for their lives through voting and sharing the gospel and evangelism and other means. We pray that we will be unified in supporting and helping godly men and women be put into place to support your will being carried out in the earth. Lord, 
make us one. We hold up all those men and all those women and mothers whose hearts are aching because of their decision made to have an abortion and who are now drowning in the weight of their guilt and grief. We ask that they forgive themselves and receive your grace. We also lift up those who without remorse chose to abort their babies due to selfish thinking that it would prevent their desired lifestyles. We pray for, mer for your mercy and forgiveness over each one and ask that in a very special way, you will come alongside them and meet them at their point of need. Father, we also pray your comfort over all the men who have been affected by abortion that are grieving the loss of children that they will never know because of the sin of abortion. Lord, heal their hearts. Father, support those that are weak and convict those that have discarded the sacredness of human life and bring each one, we pray, to salvation in Jesus Christ and assurance of your gracious forgiveness. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Father, your word is plain. It could not possibly be clearer. Revelation 3.16, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Lord, we don't want to be spit out of your mouth. We confess that we have been disgustingly lukewarm and do not prioritize the kingdom of God and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ like we should. We confess that we have been distracted from the eternal glory of your kingdom by things that are fleeting, fading, and unfulfilling. We have pursued idols of money, little g-gods of status, of popularity, of romantic relationships, of recreation, of entertainment, more than the true and living God. Lord, our distraction has not been without consequence. If the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. We confess that the church in America has fallen into the ditch morally. We cannot effectively lead because we have allowed ourselves to be blinded by secularism, by materialism, by social acceptability. The church in America has exchanged the God-centered gospel of Christ and Him crucified for messages of worldly prosperity and pop psychology pep talks. Worst of all, Father, our concern for a people, a world of people, on the broad path leading to eternal destruction is tentative and sporadic at best. Every day, over 150,000 souls catapult into eternity most of whom are still your enemies and who, who will never see your kingdom or taste your peace. We, your people, make such paltry sacrifices to rescue those who are perishing. Lord, forgive us. Father, make us burn with fire again. We implore you to let the all-consuming fire of the Holy Spirit fall on us. May your fire devour in us areas of selfishness and complacency. 
May it purify us in the crucible of discipline. May it set ablaze, ablaze within us a true, deep, consuming adoration for you and a costly, committed love for those who you have created in your image. We ask in Jesus' name. Lord, we receive your grace now. We receive your mercy. We receive your forgiveness. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That we might be a holy people. That hear your voice. That love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That love our neighbor as ourself. And that with joy, obey your commands for your glory. The Bible says that the house of the Lord shall be a house of prayer. The Bible says if two of you agree upon anything, it'll be done. The Bible says that we should be a praying church. So we're going to have a time now where you get in groups of three to four. I want you to pray for anything that the Lord puts on your heart. If you have a need, share it with your group. Pray for our nation. The election on Tuesday. No political prayers allowed. But you can cry out to God for His will to be done. You may prefer to pray alone. If so, you can come to the altar. I want our prayer team now to begin to take your spots along the corners and sides, a little at the front. Prayer team, if you'd be available. So if you want to pray with somebody from our prayer team, this is available as well. You may want to go pray for the missions wall, the wall of compassion. But if you're comfortable praying in groups of three to four, I want you to pray in these groups. There's one church need I want to mention to you to please bring before the Lord. This week, athens Clark County will be ruling on our site plan, which will allow us to move forward with our Generations Project. We need that approved. If not, it's going to delay us significantly. Please pray that that will happen this week. So go now to prayer. Pray together. Just huddle up, groups of three to four. If you have a mask, prefer you wear it. Again, if you prefer to pray alone, you can come to the front or pray with somebody on the prayer team. Stand together. Let's stand. Y'all huddle up. Groups of three to four. No more than four, please.
I want to remind you that you're praying to the God of all the universe who has all power. Pray boldly. Claim scripture. Believe that God hears you. Individuals, families, nations can be affected through our intercessory prayer. Cry out to the Lord in boldness, in faith. We serve a great and mighty God. you have a need, please get prayer. There's prayer teams, prayer team people available. Don't leave this place without getting prayer for something if you need it in your life or tell those in your group. about two more minutes.
encourage you to wrap up your prayer time and then return to your seats. you. We thank you that you hear our prayers, God. God, we praise you that you're a forgiving, loving, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, God. God, we praise you that because of what Jesus did at the cross, it absorbed your judgment. It absorbed your wrath for us that we might receive mercy, grace, acceptance, reconciliation, the righteousness of Jesus. Oh God, we receive that. We receive by faith the righteousness of Jesus for all of our unrighteousness. God, make us a holy people. Make us an obedient people from, the, from a heart of joy and gratitude, not out of legalism. God, we thank you for this thing called prayer. Thank you for this beautiful thing that we can communicate with you 24 7 365 and you hear us you said call upon me and i will hear you and answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know beloved now we have the honor and the privilege of coming to the table where forgiveness is found where can we be cleansed where can we be healed where can our stain be wiped but be wiped away Where can we receive righteousness? It's right at what Jesus did at the cross, represented right here. The body of Christ broken for you and me. The blood of Christ shed for you and me. Come with a humble heart. Come with a receiving heart. Come in faith, believing that if you give your sin to God and receive Jesus, you are declared by God righteous. He imputes to you the very righteousness of God. What a privilege celebrate the forgiveness and the cleansing that we have. You come when you're ready and you receive the elements and you partake in worship to God. Let's stand together. Like our prayer team to come first, please, and be available also during this time to pray with anybody who would need it. Great the chasm that lay.